0: Good evening. So good to be with you guys, whether you are down in Fredericksburg joining us, whether you are here in the room, part of our Stafford campus, or also our El Monte campus is in the room as well. We are excited to be with you guys as we, yeah, you can celebrate that. I love it is. It is very rare when we get every single one of our campuses together like this and have the chance to talk. And so I'm so excited to spend this evening with you. And I want to start off by just kind of sharing a story. Uh, There's this old story about the Pope, um, and the Pope got an invitation to speak at the United Nations in New York City. And so the Pope shows up in New York City, he gets off his plane, and he he sees the car, the limousine that he's supposed to ride in, and he goes up to the driver, and he says, hey, and he looks at his watch, and he realizes, I've got some time. So he kind of goes to the front of the door, he looks at the driver, and he says, hey, I need a favor from you. And the driver is like, well, understandably, you're the Pope, of course, I'll do anything, just ask for it, and I'll, I'll make it happen. And the Pope says, it's always been a dream of mine to drive a limousine in New York City. So the driver is like, well, this feels like a really bad idea, but you're the Pope. I, I can't say no. You're like the holy guy. So sure, here are the keys. And so what happens is the Pope gets in the front seat of the limousine in the driver's seat, and the guy who normally is the driver gets in the back seat, and he's like, I just am praying that this works okay. He's the Pope. Maybe he's got like a bubble of protection around him, like in Mario Kart. And so he... He sits down, he buckles up, the Pope fires up the ignition, and immediately the driver realizes this was a bad idea because the Pope lights up the tires as he pushes on the gas and accelerates as fast as he can go forward, forward, and forward. And so all through Manhattan, the Pope is running stoplights, he's, you know, driving fast, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, skidding around corners and this stuff, until finally he passes a New York City police officer. And the police officer sees this limousine just flying by. And the police officer turns on his sirens and he pulls up to it behind it. And he's like, pull over, sir. And, you know, the Pope pulls the car over and the officer uh, parks behind him. And the officer tells his buddy, I got this one. You stay in the car. I'll go give him the ticket. The officer gets out of the car and he walks up to the limousine. And he goes to the front window. And the story goes that he knocks on the door and the Pope slowly rolls down the window. Immediately, the officer goes back to his cop car. He gets in. And he says, we're out of here, buddy. And his partner's like, what do you mean we're out of here? Aren't you going to give him a ticket? And he's like, no, not that dude. I'm not giving that dude a ticket. And he's like, what do you mean you're not giving that dude? And He goes, that dude, I don't even want to know who it is, but it's, it's, it's a big deal. And he said, what do you mean he's a big deal? And he said, is it like, is it like a city councilman or something? Because this is New York City, and city councilmen are really, really big deals. And he's like, no, he's not a city councilman. He's a bigger deal than that. And he's like, a bigger deal than the city? Is it like the governor or the mayor of New York City? Like, is it, is it one of those? Is it like, it's like that big of a deal? And he's like, no, bigger deal than that. And the cop car, the, the, the officer, his partner is like, whoa, 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 bigger than the governor? Bigger than the mayor? Like, what? Is it the president? Like, did, was the president in that car? Like, you, is that what it is? And he's like, no, he's bigger than the president, and the, the the police officer is like, well, I'm I'm confused. Who who could possibly be bigger than the president? And his buddy says, I don't know, but the Pope's driving him around. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, I just want to say, you're a big deal. You're a big deal because who you have chosen to allow to drive your life. You have chosen, in a culture that says, be self-sufficient, do what's right for you, look out for you, be selfish, make your needs the most important thing. You have chosen to let Jesus drive your life and in return, you have chosen to lay it down for others. And that makes you a big deal. And so tonight what I wanna do is I just wanna take a little bit of time and encourage you. And I I was told I have 15 minutes so that means I'll probably go like 20 or 25 if that's okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. But before we get there, I do want to let you know that some of you came and you're so excited because it's, it's the beginning of a new school year and it feels like there's all this excitement and this energy and you may be in the room tonight and you're like, I can't wait to hear what's next for the Mount. I'm ready for this, this vision, this, this dream. What do we happen next? What, what are we doing? And I, I want to tell you that over the next four weeks on Sunday mornings, we're starting a series titled Together. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend four weeks talking about us. What makes us us? This place called the Mount. What is our our mission, our focus, our our values, our driving momentum? Everything we do. And we're going to share with you some exciting things. We're going to share with you some things around our discipleship strategy and how we really intentionally want to help people take their next steps with Jesus. Because we recognize that when we reach out for one more and they come here and they experience life change and get to know Jesus, we don't want them to stop there. We want them to go deeper and deeper and deeper into Jesus so that one day they can also reach out and they can lead things and they can move wherever they happen to move when they retire or get their next duty or where it happens to be and they can make a difference in their world there just as much as here but we're also going to be dreaming big as a church one of the things you're going to hear us say over and over again this year is that we are not here to be cautious In fact, I I would argue that as a church, when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God, to making a difference, to really kind of like being the type of people, and I've said this before, that that are willing to kind of charge the gates of hell with nothing but swim trunks and a water gun because there is no plan B. To be those kind of people, we have to dream big and be bold and do bold, audacious, big things for God because there is no risk greater than leaving people on the sidelines of his kingdom. And so uh, just to give you kind of a a preview of what that could look like. Next week, uh, and you guys, uh, I feel like I can trust you so you can keep a secret for a week, right? So yeah, a lot of you said no, that worries me. (laughs) I at least expected you to fake it a little bit. Fredericksburg, I know you're keeping this secret, so you're safe. So uh, if you don't think you can keep a secret, just go ahead and cover your ears. No one's going to bother. We're not going to judge you. Uh, but I, I wanted to let you know that one of the things we're doing as a church, as we dream big this year, as we dream bold, next week we are going to let you know, and I'm not going to tell you any details because I want you to come back next week, uh, we're going to be launching a new campus in the next 12 months. And so... We believe with everything in us that God gave us a great commission, not a small commission. And we are going to step into that, and you're going to have a part, and we're going to do a lot of fun things this year. And we're going to talk about that for the next month, but tonight, I just want to encourage you. I just want to say you're a big deal. In fact... um, it's funny because I was spending a few moments kind of thinking about you guys as we were kind of leaning into this weekend, and I just kept coming back to the idea of what Paul tells the second letter to the church in Corinth, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 13. Listen to what he says. He says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will what? I, I, others will What? So in in essence, what Paul is saying, when he's writing to the church in 2 Corinthians, he says, listen, because of your willingness to serve, because of your willingness to lay down your life and to sacrifice it for others, others will praise God. God. What that means is, that means tonight, all across Stafford, all across Fredericksburg, all across all of the communities that we impact that you represent from all of our different campuses. That means there are people who are going to bed tonight and the moment their head touches the pillow, they are saying a prayer of thanks to God and your name is in it because of the difference that you are making in their lives. They are praising and thanking God because of you. You are a big deal. What you do matters. As much as I would like to say most people's lives are changed by a sermon, as much as I pray and prep and preach and do all of those things, at the end of the day, people's lives are changed because of you. In fact, there are are parents whose children have a relationship today because of you. There are people whose teenagers are passionately pursuing the Lord because of you. There are healthy marriages that were on the brink of divorce and they thought they couldn't go any further and now they are thriving because of you. There are people who have been sober for months and years from whatever addiction they used to struggle with because of you. There are entire families who are worshiping and praising Jesus for generations because of you. Take Kelly from our Fredericksburg campus. Kelly is fascinating. She has been a huge part of this campus for over three years. During her time there, she's greeted. Listen to this. She's greeted. She's ushered. She's taught a building real faith class. She's taught next steps. She's led a mission trip to Puerto Rico. And her her contagious passion for Jesus, her her willingness to kind of serve in any capacity has ensured that countless people who have visited that campus have felt loved and seen and valued because of the way she serves weekend and week out. Take Justin, who started serving on our tech team when he was 13 years old. Like like 13 year olds don't just volunteer for things, right? <laughs> Justin started out running a camera, but he showed that he had a, like this—not just the like the natural ability to do the camera, because like as much as we think it's easy, they have to get the right shots and not be shaky. Like like I I, I think if I was running the camera, you would see like it bouncing up and down because I'm like worshiping while the camera's going, and you'd be like, "What is happening? We're all throwing up. It feels like a Disney ride." But Justin Justin was so passionate, he was so gifted, he was so dedicated that not only did Justin start at 13 years old as working on the camera, but he soon moved up to where he was working in the audio stuff, and then he's in the back and doing all the buttons and the switchers to make everything work across all of our campuses and all of the live streams and all the internet and all that kind of stuff. And now, Justin, as an 18-year-old, don't miss this, he is now training the next generation of 13 and 14-year-olds how to do the very same job that he did five years ago. (laughs) A couple more. Take Rich who serves on the setup and greeter team? I love this. Rich has decided that he wants to set up with his daughter every single week. He intentionally serves and brings her with him so that when he serves, when he sets up, she can begin to realize that sacrificing your life for others matters because people need Jesus. What you do matters. Take Roberto, last one from our El Monte campus. He volunteers in guest services. And for the past few months, he has shown up every single week, early and stays late. And if you ask him why, he would say, I want to make sure that every single person who walks into our campus feels welcomed, loved, and they know that Jesus sees them and cares for them. What you do matters. What you do matters. People are impacted by you. In fact, serving others or sacrificing your time, your energy, and your resources is the heart of the gospel message. Jesus himself said it in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 and 45. Listen to this. He says that you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your what? Your servant. Your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. This is the beauty of the local church. That every single one of you, you have decided to serve someone else. And by serving them, they are able to worship and to grow and to learn, and in turn, surrender their life to Jesus, and then serve someone else, and serve someone else, and the next thing you know, you look up, and your entire family is being served by other people, and everyone is growing closer to Jesus together, and new people, just like Acts chapter two, are added to the numbers day and day in and day out, not because the preaching, not because the worship, as fascinating and awesome as everything that happens up here is, but because the people were willingly laying down their lives to show others that they matter, and they value, and that Jesus sees them, what you do matters. Why? Because as people we understand and you understand this we don't just attend church we participate we're not attenders, we're participators you are the church you recognize that you are what makes the mount what it is. You are the heartbeat. When people come here and they say they love this place, it's not because they love the building they love you and your smile and your care and your concern. And now I know what you might be thinking, right? And some of you, you're like on board. You're like, yes, that's right. I'm serving, I'm doing this, I'm making a difference. And you feel it, why? Because maybe you serve in an area where people tell you that. But not all of us have those areas, right? Like I said this morning, maybe you're serving in middle school boys. Middle school boys are not going to tell you the difference you're making in their life on a regular basis, unless you help them with their Minecraft or their Fortnite or any of those kind of things. If you, if you hone their skills in those, they will thank you nonstop. But for the most part, a lot of the roles that we do, they feel like, we're. am I really making a difference, right? And, and what I hear is I, I talk to people, especially people who are volunteering and maybe some of the behind the scenes roles, and they begin to say things like, Adam, you say that we make a difference for one more, but I'm just blank. I'm, I'm just like holding a door i'm 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 just making sure the camera is in focus I'm just telling which cars to go where in the parking lot. I'm just making sure that the diapers are changed. They can't even talk. How am I making a difference? I'm just doing blank. And what we begin to think is that we're not really making a difference because we're just doing a job. Listen very carefully. You are not just doing something in the church. You are literally pushing back the darkness in the world every single Sunday when you show up. Don't miss that. You were, you were literally, every time you smile at someone who has never attended church before, you push back the darkness of rejection and fear in their lives. Every kid that you high five, you push back the darkness that tells them that they are not good enough to be loved. Every single teenager that you point to Jesus, you push back the darkness that tells them they are worthless. And every time your small group gathers, you push back the darkness of loneliness and isolation. You aren't just doing blank, you are engaging in spiritual warfare that has implications far beyond anything you could ever dream or imagine. You are literally changing someone's life and altering their world. You are a big deal. And my prayer this year, with all the bold things we're gonna talk about and do, is that at the end of the day, that when people from our communities whatever that community happens to be, when they, when they, when they, when they reflect back and, and talk about the mount, that they would talk about us the way the early church was talked about in Acts chapter 17. Listen to what they said. Said, these people have turned the world upside down. My prayer is that we would be the type of people who because of our willingness to lay down our lives for others, Northern Virginia, Stafford, Fredericksburg, Woodbridge, Manassas, wherever we happen to be living and watching at this time, would be different because of us. I have a quote that I keep on my computer, and I look at it every now and then, and it, it, it hit me a couple years ago in sort of like this gut check haunt, and I just want to share it with you because it it is everything I'm praying here. The quote said, if your local church stopped existing, would your community miss you? My prayer is that if for some reason the Mount ever stopped existing, our community would feel a massive hole because you're the type of people who are turning the world upside down. So here's what we're gonna do. In a minute, Susan and Caleb are gonna come out and they're gonna tell you guys where to go and all the directions, but I wanna have a moment of prayer with you guys. And so instead of me praying for you, uh, I'm gonna make some of you really uncomfortable. I'm gonna ask in a second you to stand up and I'm gonna ask you to find someone next to you. If you came with a spouse or a significant other, find someone else. I want you to introduce yourself, learn their name, learn, have them learn your name, find out what area they are serving in. And I want you to take turns praying for each other and for the service that they are doing this year. So go ahead, stand up, find someone, and then just in a second, find someone, and when everyone's ready, I'll tell us to start praying. And you can pray out loud, you can pray quietly, whatever you wanna do. Go ahead and start praying. All right, Father, all right, I'm going to pray us out. So, Father, we are thankful for you. God, we ask tonight as we gather in this place, as we become equipped to to serve you, God, would you just be all over us? God, we are thankful for your presence and for what you are doing in our lives. God, we pray that we would be the type of people that continue to lay down our lives for others, to serve others you. God, we believe with everything in us that there is no greater joy than pointing others to you. Father, we are thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to serve you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.